0: For more information, visit MoultrieMobile.com.
1: Hey, thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of the Southern Ground Hunting Podcast, where you're going to hear a valuable hunting-based conversation that's tailored for us Southern folk. If you love what we do and would like to support Southern Ground Hunting, you can visit patreon.com forward slash southerngroundhunting, or you can click on the link in the show notes below. We'd love for you to join the Southern Ground Hunting community today. Again, that's patreon.com forward slash southerngroundhunting. You can also support us by leaving us a rating and review on iTunes. It helps more than you know, and we greatly
2: appreciate it. And now, let's get to the show. Yeah, so I mean, riding around, I see all kinds of stuff. Like I just told you, I saw six today. Six turkeys, one was blowed up. They're hiding in the shade, though. I have found like, as summer gets here, they tend to be more in shade. But it was like a grown-up field; it's pretty crazy. And then I almost ran off, ran over another one. Don't do you know, that. You know, huh? I said, "Don't do that." Oh no! So I, I wanted to get some cool video of. my carry my camera with me, so I drove down the road, turned around. He was still standing on the side of the road, and he started crossing the road. And he's limping. Like like a pent with a limp kind of deal, you know, getting across the road. And uh, I think he was mocking me, uh, letting him know that he he, you he made it through the season. You weren't close to Adams,
1: Adams area, were you? <laughs> He's got a turkey no, limping no. around
2: there somewhere. No, uh, I wasn't close to Adams area. Bless his heart. Well, you know, man,
1: I got one more turkey hunt left in me. I think I'm gonna go to Tennessee here for a couple of days
2: uh, this weekend. Uh, you know, I I thought about joining y'all, I guess. When, we, when did we first talk about this? Back in our turkey season, like, yeah. I was full, like, yeah, I'm going to do that hunt. And then I remembered I had the fishing tournament that weekend, but I was, like, still contemplating, like, missing the fishing tournament. But, man, I'm so past turkeys right now. It's, <laughs> you know, after, I, but, I mean, listening to the last episode that y'all did, um... On that Montana hunt. I, I mean, that got me fired up, but I can't really do anything. I'm I'm, I'm past it, and uh, I flipped the page of fishing and deer.
1: So is everybody else, man. Like, it, it's really funny during, during, like, I don't know, February, late February all the way through mid-May, I would say, is pretty high engagement levels for turkey hunting stuff like yeah, like it gets starts getting really high especially right there in the beginning of March man people are just they're fired up about That's it the hop. Yeah they're yeah, fired it's the hop up of
2: it all
1: Um me personally gotta... I I stay fired up I'm still fired up about turkeys, if I'm being honest like I'm still like like I wouldn't when we were in Montana that last turkey we killed it was like like here the I, I would say the last gobble that we heard in Montana was equally as, like, gut wrenching, heart stopping as the first gobble I heard this season.
2: Oh yeah, you well know like I, mean? I said I heard that go- I heard that gobble today. Don't mm-hmm. think I didn't want to go chase after the turkey. <laughs> yeah. I was thinking about how I could get I could get to him. Yeah, but I, I guess since Alabama's out, I really don't want to travel. I'm saving some vacation time for deer season. Um, I mean, shoot, already told you that. I'm thinking about put postponing a week for a a out-of-state turkey trip next year you know i mean it's always on my mind and that's that's a debate we've had a lot with walt you remember at the beginning of the year walt told us say turkey season is better or turkey hunting is better than deer hunting yeah you remember he said that in ways it is in ways it is but you know i love my favorite part going back
1: to that my favorite part about turkeys versus deer and it's really not even a versus thing for me, honestly. Like I you try to we try to make it a versus thing, but it's really not. It's a it's a either or type thing. You know, whatever's in season, yeah. I'm gonna hunt it hard. Oh yeah. And, and I love it. Know. I love I love certain aspects. But one of the favorite my favorite things about turkeys is that no matter how much these jokers want to turn it into deer hunting, it's just not because most people, if it's a gobbling turkey, that's the standard. <laughs> you know what I yeah. mean? Like that's that's your standard. We had a when we were in in Wy- or not Wyoming in Montana. Um, we kind of talked about this one specific turkey a little bit in the last episode. He was huge, man! Just the biggest, freaking, prettiest gobbler you've ever seen, just strutting out in this field for two or three hens, and he had this little bitty, tiny Jake beard. Uh. Huh. It looked like it had probably been frozen off or something like that, but it's just little bitty. You couldn't hardly see it. And, uh, be honest with you, kind of shot him and not felt a thing about it. Like just equally as happy. So, uh, um, that's probably one of my favorite things because deer is like, he's not mature enough. He's only two. He's only three. He's only four. He's only five. He's only, I mean, you're always going to find somebody that thinks your standards should be higher. And turkeys just basically the only real like universal standard
2: is jakes versus gobblers, you know what I mean. <laughs> On the Jake note, I think you said, I don't. It may have been you who sent it to me. I think it was. Um, Do you hear that? Do you hear that beeping? Yeah, that was my that was my diabetic alarm going off. <laughs> <laughs> did you but, just have you know, an alarm
1: that reminds you that you have diabetes?
2: yeah yeah if my <laughs> like if my sensor that i have on my arm like disconnects from bluetooth it it alerts me Or if my shirt gets too high or too low shoot um pretty neat but uh no i think a guy had made a post or something it was like i killed this two three-year-old jake yeah i saw that <laughs> and uh, you know that, that's that's funny whatever he, he can do what he wants to and then today i was i was flipping through tiktok or something and uh, a podcast came up, I think it was, I forgot what it was called, but they were talking about kind of what you said, the universal, like what's a good, you know, what's a good turkey. And it's like an adult turkey, you know, yeah. a two-year-old turkey. You're you're not measuring beard or spurs. I've heard some people claim that, that they all oh, ate beard wasn't too big. I didn't shoot him. Whatever. I, if it's goblin, I'm going to shoot him. You know, and we've had situations where we shoot jakes on accident, thinking it's a gobbler. It's just part of turkey hunting. And, um, but he was saying like, what what is a two year old turkey equivalent equivalent to in the whitetail woods like to a buck? And they were like, well, that's equivalent to like a four or five year old buck. That's kind of what they were like gauging, you know. Um, so it's just neat. It's a to- totally different ball game. Yeah, rules are totally different. They um, are, dude. And, and like like deer, like a buck,
1: you don't have ground shrinkage really with a turkey. With a deer, no. you, you just do. And so that's one of my favorite. Aspects about it is just that the turkeys a turkey most of the time. And spoiler so all- alert: we killed several more turkeys for the guys who who pushed through last season or last uh, last week's episode. We uh, Joey ended the episode, Matt. I don't know if you heard it. He said, "If we shoot three turkey, three more turkeys out here, it's going to be a miracle. Or by some miracle, we shoot all three of our tags on this public is going to be a miracle." You know and We were able to, we were able to do that and it was awesome. Uh, it's probably like the best, the best hunting trip I've been on as far as like just success, you know, like the, 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 the camp was great. The guys, I was there, Jacob and Joey, they were awesome. Um, we had a blast hunting together and we killed a lot of turkeys and, uh, like it was just, it was just a a ton of fun. But next week on the limb hanger podcast, we're going to tell that whole story. Um, because we have not shared any of the Montana story on on the Limb Hanger podcast, so no.
2: I'm gonna do that Lim- next limb week. Hangers, limb Hanger's ready. the The camarade, uh, you know, camaraderie. That's kind of cliche, you know, deal. But like, turkey hunt with somebody different than deer hunt with somebody. Yeah. Um, deer deer hunt with somebody. Like, if you say, "Oh, I'm gonna, I'll, I'll film you shoot a deer," like deep down, the field, guys is kind of like. Man, I wish I wish that was me shooting that deer, you know. <laughs> yeah. But like turkey hunting, totally different. Like yeah. I don't care. Let's just kill. Let's just kill something, and uh, that's what I love about it. And I, you know, me, me and you got to hunt that last day. We didn't really have much luck, but man, it's just fun walking in the woods with with a buddy and and getting into it, man.
1: You know, I think hunting buddies, having having a good hunting buddy is. Uh, it's a very important thing because he, it's got to be somebody who is equally as driven as you or it's not going to work right? Yeah. It's just not going to work. Um. I would say I would say most of my friends are it, when they're in the woods they're equally as driven as I am to kill something you know what I mean? Like mm. I feel like I've surrounding myself well with people who like who are good at it and and, and like to do it the, the problem is is in this day and age of of this uh online hunting buddies which is really what it is i mean that's what our patreon is um th- honestly i mean i was pretty close tight friends with you before we ever mm-hmm. even met in person you know yeah. what i mean like yeah that's uh, just yeah, the, the day and age we it.
2: Was it was at the barber hunt. That was the first time we met. Mm-hmm. That's right. That's right. We met that, at that bonus ga- buck hunt. That gas station
1: where we about got mugged. <laughs> uh, and so that the, was awful. And barely scraped
2: by not getting bed bugs that night. So slept in our trucks. That was all right. But that, hey, we had some dang good wings at that little um American Whatever deli. it was. American deli That's where it That's was. That's right. And then you yep. went
1: off and killed killed a fourth buck of the season
2: that year. Yep. See, there went my alarm again. <laughs> Let me know. I'm gonna put this on Do Not Disturb, so it'll shut up. What's
1: the dude? What's the dude uh, that, that used to do the diabetes, diabetes commercial? Uh, the Beatus. Is it Wilford? Wilford Bram Bramley? Is that right?
2: I forgot. I is the
1: guy. Know. I think it's the same guy that saw Walker, Texas Ranger. Anyway, not important. Oh, not an important rabbit trail. To, I, to can't, I can't. I re- can't. I can't remember that. Gah.
2: Well, that's it's a good night, man.
1: It's it is. a good night. You know, Matt,
2: um, we got we got to talk about deer at some point.
1: Well, that's what I was about to try to get into. Uh, I kind of hinted at, at something the other day about what my season's going to look like this year. You know, there's some I got a pretty cool opportunity to go and do something this fall. Um, and as that's been developing over the last, I don't know, three weeks or so. It's really got my gears turning. Uh, I'm not gonna say that they're that I'm com- that I'm out of turkey mode. I, I feel very much in full turkey mode, but my gears have kind of started turning. I started thinking about uh, started thinking about things that I'm might need to add to my system. Um, I've got this pair of crispy uh, crispy Thor hunting boots that I really like, but uh, as I was turkey hunting the other day i was looking at them i was like man i think i'd like to get me something a little they're very stiff sold and so it kind of got me in the hunting gear mood you know like thinking about what mm-hmm. i'm going to be doing for for deer season but this year i'm going to be uh going and traveling as a producer for the tagged out tour for tethered um which means <laughs> y'all can't hear y'all can't hear matt's golf clap um oh dang it <laughs> it didn't pick up but I'm going to be doing that this fall, which is going to allow me to hunt a lot of really cool places um, and, and spend time with some dudes that uh, like my, my ultimate goal is to uh, obviously have fun. Uh, and, and, but I get to to be a part of kind of helping these, these young dudes dream come true, right? Like no responsibility, kind of the entire country, Uh, at least of like serious mobile hunters watching how these kids are are doing things and learning things. A lot of them, you know, I I would imagine they're, they're going to be somewhat inexperienced with filming, maybe inexperienced with hunting on their own, you know? And uh, so I'm really, I'm stinking looking forward to that, that aspect of it, of just kind of being a part of this whole thing and watching these kids enjoy the heck out of, out of the fall. But um, I could see a lot of cool country and, it, At one time, it's gonna feel like you know, like just yeah, all over the place. So,
2: but yeah, it's not like you got one big trip you're waiting on for mm-hmm. the season. You know, you're gonna be you're gonna be hitting multiple states. If you had if you hadn't watched the Tagged Out Tour from last year, and you're listening right now, go watch it. Um, you'll you'll get to see kind of the cool coolness of it. If you don't know what the Tagged Out Tour is, it's a bunch of young guys, 18 to 25, who last year they got in the bus. I don't know if they're gonna do the bus this year. They went and hunted multiple states, got tagged, self-filmed, had challenges. Really cool deal. I think every man that was 30 in his middle 30s, he's kicking himself, wishing he was 22 again and could go on the road yeah. uh, and leave his family and hunt. Because, I mean, that was that was an opportunity of a lifetime. And registration is still open, correct? Yeah, it is, actually. I think I want to okay. say it's open until the end of the month um okay. until the end of month and, and they've, until the end of may and i mean just another plug for them they've got another for the older folks you know who can't yep. just give up 60 to 100 days they've got a 10 day tour they're going to be doing so feel free to sign up for that if y'all hadn't already uh that's tethered who's putting that on y'all can find that on their website is that right uh
1: yeah i'm sure i'm sure it's on you the could. website I'm yeah sure. It should all, be
2: easy to find they posted something like, we should have been
1: more prepared because I don't, I can't tell you the link that it's on right now. But just go to tethernation.com dot nah, com. I'm sure you can find it there. It's gonna be fun though, dude. It's gonna be a blast. I um, can't wait
2: to see it. I was on my toes every every day, you know, waiting for an update on a story or, or live, see if they dropped a video. Because man, I was living vicariously through those guys.
1: Yeah, me too. I wish I could have done Dallas, something like that.
2: Dallas was, I think, my age or or close close to my yeah. age he's not far he's right? the pawpaw of the group
1: <laughs> well i get to be the pawpaw of this one so that, that's, that's all right fun i got a little bit of gray coming in my beard i don't know if you can see that
2: yeah right jaybo was calling you out on that earlier today did he i didn't see him what did what did he say yeah he said something about growing that beard. bearded something he said something about, it. Said something about it. i forgot he's Got that wisdom. I, don't, I can't remember i've always thought it was really cool like you
1: see these dudes with like pretty dark beards but they got one little streak of gray yeah one it's just pet. so it looks so freaking like hard <laughs>
2: it's like a it's like a black wing on a turkey you know a single That's black right. feather wing on the turkey i'm basically an osceola you're a rare breed a rare breed rare
1: breed man do you want to know more about saddle hunting well you can go to tetherednation.com for all your saddle hunting needs Tethered is for saddle hunters, by saddle hunters, and they're redefining ultralight hunting. If you know me, you know that I love to have a system for all of my hunting equipment, where everything works together, and we preach about it a lot on this podcast. When you buy from Tethered, you can rest easy knowing that all your gear is designed to work together as a system. Saddles, platforms, ropes, climbing sticks, and a ton of other great gear just for saddle hunting can be found by visiting tetherednation.com today. That's tetherednation.com. Check them out. Whether you're looking for a new knife for the field or the perfect everyday carry, you've got to check out Join or Die Knives from Richmond, Virginia. Join or Die is a small shop and a custom knife maker dedicated to creating handmade knives that are cut above the rest. They make custom handmade knives to fit any need from the field, the kitchen, or just an everyday carry and they come in several different steel and finish options. They've also got a ton of options for the handle as well. Plus, if you don't see something you like, you can always order a completely custom knife forged to your exact specs. I highly recommend you check them out. Get yours at joinordienives.com and use the code SGHUNT to save 10%. That's all uppercase, all one word, S-G-H-U-N-T. Well, Matt, you know, going, talking about, deer hunting and and really getting into that mode right now mentally for me i think a lot of guys are are finding themselves in the same situation um i think i may have said it earlier like engagement is super low on turkey stuff right now i'm not i'm gonna keep posting the crap because i like it and and i'm still i'm still there you know but uh i can tell you can tell a lot of people have kind of moved on and uh and we're starting to really get into this like really the time of the year where I st- I'm i actually writing an article about this right now for bowhunt.com about like window shopping, kind of window shopping some, some new equipment, um, you know, thinking about, you know, do I want to change anything? Do I want to, do I want to change uh, any parts of my system? Um, and And honestly, like this year, Particularly this year, I don't. There's not much for me. Like, yeah. There's not a whole lot, and so I've kind of skipped that. I feel like, like I've already started looking at maps. I think I may have mentioned it. I went on a turkey hunt out here the other day in Alabama, and start and found his found a buck, found his bed, uh, saw the deer, and I'll be honest, I've been looking at that spot (laughs) a lot, and what I'm finding. The, the the mode that it's got me in right now is finding funnels and i texted you that earlier I was like I, finding funnels mm-hmm. is kind of like a fun thing for me right now um i'm putting the fun back in funnels i like that
2: hey that's
1: that's a good title for this podcast son of a gun hey, if it is i'm texting you that right now so fun, i don't forget it Fun back in funnels <laughs>
2: we need a funnel cake while we're doing this too <laughs> uh, when, when you say funnels you know I, I think of a lot of different things and i i suppose everybody else does you know it could be, either be a terrain you know a terrain feature funnel a habitat type um maybe even um like a falling down tree you know that's restricted an area that these deer maybe be using so when when we say funnels like i told you i said there's a lot of a lot of passageways we can go with this um, because it is you know of a, a vast thing. But I, you know, when, when I first think of funnels, I'm going to use using it as an example. When we were in Kentucky this past year and we were hunting, it was all big woods, and I was struggling to get. I saw bucks every hunt, the shooter bucks every hunt. But they were always out of range, and it was because there was big woods. There was nothing pinching them down and funneling them. And you had a successful successful hunt that morning. I think you called. What time did you shoot that deer? Like eight o'clock? Something S- like that.
1: Semi successful. <laughs> Let's. What are, are you talking about with the the buck I didn't recover?
2: No, 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 no. I'm talking about buck number two that you did recover in Kentucky.
1: Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. Um, so that was what, pretty early? It was 9, it was 8.30 or 9.30. Oh, it may have been
2: 8.30. Yeah. I got down and came right to you, and I saw what the definition of a funnel on the Big Woods was. Mm-hmm. Um, through terrain, feed, through ter- I'd call that a terrain feature, but you can't. You it, wouldn't know it was as as a significant of a terrain feature if you didn't walk up and see it. Well, Matt- You could barely see it on a map. I'll tell you this, this
1: is where I was at whenever I, whenever I kind of decided, cause I, I went in blind to this spot. Um, and I'm glad you mentioned, I'm glad you mentioned that hunt because I, I kind of honestly forgot that that was such a good funnel. Um, I didn't realize that it was, that it was there, that, that it was going to be as significant of a steep face. But mm-hmm. I went there assuming that there was some type of, of funnel there because there was, a visible creek that looked like on the map that it was holding water and also some of the banks, uh, you could see some of the banks on it were a little bit eroded, I guess. Um, now, by the time we got there, when we were hunting it, there was not much water. There's a little bit of water in, it, in little, yeah, it little holes. But but I knew there was a creek there and a lot of times in a state like Kentucky, I don't know if it's the soil, I don't know what it is, but their rivers seem to erode the the bank more. In that like Midwest area, even parts of like what would it be, Western Tennessee that I've hunted. Um, yeah. And, and it seems to, it seems like it's in areas where there's that might be a little more prime for agriculture. Um, so it may be the soil. You, you may even know more about that than I do. But I do know that in states like Kentucky, those creeks create a, a, a steeper bank than maybe what we experience here. And so. Yeah kind of taking that into into consideration i was like okay i'm, I'm just going to take my chance and, and get down in there the other thing about that particular funnel was i mean and, and we don't have to talk about this long but you could see an obvious transition uh break in habitat almost exactly where this potential terrain funnel was at that was really my main reason for going in there like so many other hunts that i am on um but even even thinking about the buck in, in early season that didn't recover in Kentucky, that was a that was a, a funnel that, that was like an inverted, to that funnel we were actually on the top side, of, of the terrain, um, yeah, and that that really funneled the deer. I mean it, it funneled them perfectly through where I was at, uh, and that's why. I wanted to talk about it right now is because that's a very different time frame uh, in the same state. That is the very very beginning of October, which could be considered early season. Um, which which is considered early season. I mean, that's the beginning of our Alabama season. So it's absolutely early season. And then you're talking about a buck that the the one that I did recover, which was I think November the, maybe November the I think it was the 11th of November.
2: 11th, yeah, I bet it was.
1: That sounds right because I, I killed the last time I killed a buck in uh, on public in Kentucky was November the 11th. I think they were the same day. Anyways, that, that's two very different time frames. But when it comes to funnels, I believe that I'm not going to say deer use them as much as they do deer in the rut, but I think if you find a good funnel that is funneling deer in, say, July where you can find a few tracks to confirm that it's doing that. Mm
2: -hmm. Then
1: what you have found is a spot that could potentially, potentially produce a a buck uh, or a deer, if that's what you're after, um, at least good traffic all year long, uh, all season long, early season, late season rut. You could find that because a funnel, the the reason it's so good is, is is that it's like you said, pinching down that, that activity and if there is a deer if there is a deer around there that needs to get from one side of that to the other that's the way to do it
2: um you i mean you know like right now if you go out and scout it um which i i'm planning to go out and scout pretty soon if you're finding an area that's got deer in it now and that or if you find a funnel there's going to be deer in it year round Mm -hmm. um that's that's just the way it is you know um uh i think funnels can also represent like for humans like if we're going to walk through the woods what are we going to do we're going to take the path of least resistance right we're not going to walk walk through something where stuff's just hitting us in the face constantly that's not fun when we're when we're trailing a deer you know they'll run through that stuff sometimes and it's these thick nasty trails which are you know typically what i think are escape routes um but if you're finding constant funnels right now whether it be you know like in a swamp or something the deer are going to use that constantly because it's just a highway yeah and it, I, they ain't got they
1: got nowhere else to go and just to kind of can go back to what i was saying about funnels about them using them year-round they're obviously going to use them more during the rut right so so mm-hmm. in a good funnel like i'm going to find some rubs um almost always uh, you might find a scrape or two, you know, um, but it really depends on the type of funnels that, that it is. You know, if it's a, uh, I find more rubs on those, those funnels that, that I would, Bobby Worthington described them pretty well um, in the episode that he, that he did, like those big drainages, the big haulers that come up to the top and right at the top of that ridge where the hauler comes to a point. That's a funnel right there where, where those deer are getting from one side of that hauler to the other. Um, a lot of times on those, uh, and, a lot, and usually there's going to be a Creek. That's a Creek crossing. Cause there's going to be a Creek up at the top that drops down into that hauler. You'll find rubs, um, right there where you'll, you'll be able to pinpoint a lot of times where the deer are crossing at because those bucks are marking trees on those Creek crossings. Usually, um, and it's almost to the point, you know, where once, once you figure that out and figure out what they look like, uh, you, you can just see it before you see the sign. You, you can look yeah. at those and say, I almost guarantee you that there's going to be a rub right there or there's going to be a scrape under that beech tree. I can see it from 100 yards away and I can see this terrain. Um, it's very predictable, in my opinion. It's a super predictable way. You know, I'm not saying you're going to kill your buck there, but it's an absolutely predictable way to gain inventory, to put, put cameras up, you know, and um, and monitor.
2: That got me thinking of a spot I had in college. It was my fir- first time ever hunting public land, and I found an area that had been a pine sand had been select cut, and they left a buffer between the uh, select cut and the creek, Okay. And on the other side of the creek was open hardwoods with palmettos. Well, I got to hunting it, got to hunting it. And what they were doing, they were using that 60 yard stretch between the creek and the, that cut stand that had grown up and now was bedding. They were using that as their travel route. And they, they would, they would cross it to go across that that creek and go back over. I mean, that's, that's a small sliver. So if you, if you find a creek crossing, you know, those deer are going to be in bow range as soon as they, come in there to walk out of the bedding area to go wherever they're feeding or coming back or whatnot and i ended up i think the first time i hunted there i ended up seeing like 17 deer on on public you know like two three rat bucks and then the next year i kind of narrowed them down i was in there opening morning and about nine o'clock here two came slipping that slipping out and i don't know if y'all ever seen this but like a lot of times, these big major creeks will have small little feeder creeks, and they'll dry up, and they'll just be like a ditch. Mm-hmm. The, these bucks would would dip, they dip down in that ditch, and would walk that ditch to go go into the creek and come back up. Well, me at the time, I didn't know anything about that. I just thought it was a good spot because hey, there's wild oaks, there's a early season scrape here, it's a good spot. Well, you look at it now, you dissect, you're like, man, I got to find that somewhere else. I got to, I got to duplicate what that, what that was. And it's just um, funnels. I mean, I got, I got more stories and more spots, you know, to talk about, but as far as, so we've talked about, you know, how the vegetation and timber types change. Everybody knows that you and I like to hunt edges and those are, those are great funnels, especially when you have a lot coming together you can really put them put them together, but like, say we're hunting mountain country, and it's it's steep, you know, like just a state like West Virginia, like stupid like that. If we were going to tackle that place to find on a map to find funnels, what are we looking for? I mean, I've never been
1: to either one of those. I will. Um. You know, West Virginia is one that I've that I've wanted to hunt, so I'm glad that you you mentioned that one. But I do follow and I'm buddies with uh, quite a few people. You know, Devin Duncan um, is in that type of terrain. I think he might actually be in Virginia, not West Virginia. Yeah. Um, uh, Jim Forbes, who we've also had on podcasts, I want to say he's Virginia as well. Gosh. Jared Schaefer uh, in West Virginia. Um, you know we Josh just, Alderton Yeah, Josh Alderton from from the yeah. Untamed. He's he's that way. Uh and Josh Alderton is a little bit different just because a lot he of his moves. his style is moving around, you know. And I'm sure that those funnels have play a part in that, but maybe not quite as may not be quite as uh of a, a topic, I guess, for him. Yeah. Uh yeah. but well, but 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 guys like that, you know, I, I constantly see people talking about these micro benches and micro features. Um, yeah. In those big giant monot we were we did a podcast on limb hanger with Jared Schaefer today, and and he talked about you know, in these big big woods areas like this, we were talking about turkeys, um, but it, it, in a lot of ways it's the same because. You're wanting you wanting the like you said earlier these paths of least resistance or or whatever, and in mountain terrain it's really hard, uh, it's really hard to to find those in a, a lot of times, and so you're looking for yeah. micro features, and um, so I think that's the that's the first thing I'm looking for in that, and and that's I mean I would absolutely consider that a funnel, um, if I hunt a bench here, uh, which our terrain is not nearly as brutal as theirs but we do have a lot of benches like this and if i hunt a bench i feel like i'm hunting a funnel because usually i'm i'm hunting that part of the bench that starts to pinch down a little bit because i don't want to hunt the direct middle of a big bench because then i'm not going to know which way they're at which way they're coming from you know you're just kind of taking a gamble and so I, i would absolutely consider that and so when you talk about mountain country like that that's that's probably what i'm looking for more than anything or these really steep features um, that might have a—you uh, can find it on Onyx a lot, where it almost looks like the topo lines disappear, or like they like they stack like this. Have you seen that?
2: Yeah, um, yeah, it just looks like
1: a lo- big line, and it kind of looks like a glitch. But what I found when you get there, it's really not a glitch. It's just like it's just like a roll or something like that. Like it's it's, it's very different. Um it almost looks like how could they even begin to try to make a topography line for this. Well, um
2: And that's, that's, I kind of wanted to touch on what I, what I use to, to find these things. And I, you know, we talk about mapping and we're looking at maps and trying to figure places out. And, and on X is, and regular, you know, USDA topo maps can only do so much for us. Um And I use that Cal topo. Um, mm-hmm. It's like a, relief shade relief you know Hotspot, whatever I think and I think X came out with a feature um, a shade relief feature um but that man that's that's what I use and it's it saves me a lot because I have this is just a little mapping tip I have found out like when we change um areas like going from Alabama to Kentucky or Tennessee the way a topo map looks completely ch- changes uh when you go from state to state so like what our topo what our topo map in alabama like if i'm hunting some hill country and it looks like it's super steep it's super steep but if i go to kentucky and i look and it's showing the same thing it's not good it's not that way and i found that out this year and it was it was just wild to me i mean yeah mapping can only get you so far um but if you look on Topo. Or one of those shade relief apps. It's, it's gonna it's kinda tell the truth. Um, so yeah, I I use that a lot um, to find to find those funnels um, in hill country. Uh, you know, I mean obvious stuff like saddles, benches, stuff like that. Um, but a lot of times, like if you you get between a laurel thicket and well, two laurel thickets, really. You know, to where you just have a gap or two. Like a lot of times, if you get in like high, high elevation, mm-hmm. you'll start seeing more mortality, um, tree death, uh, just because the the winds will blow these trees down. So, I mean, there's your thicket in itself. It's going to blow that down, and then you're going to get sunlight growing up and you're going to be able to move on that. I've seen that firsthand.
1: Matt, that's a um, really stinking good point when talking about hill country. Um, I cannot tell you how many times I've been to places, uh, especially turkey hunting, dude. Golly, when you know you got to cover a bunch of ground. But even deer hunting in the hill country where I, you get into a place and you're like, On a map, it looks like it's wonderful, maybe a little bit higher in elevation. You get there, and it's just all blowdowns, um, deadfall, Mm -hmm. and you get, you kind of get these, like, nightmarish visions watching these dudes out west in Colorado climbing over all this deadfall for miles, um, but it's true, and and we we haven't really talked about that, you know, a lot of the, a lot of the funnels that actually exist are things that you're not going to be able to see from a map, um. Because there's no way to show, you know, you might yeah. be able to see some and deadfall stuff sometimes, but not always.
2: I, I've been able to see, um, and that's that's one of my like, I wouldn't say scouting secrets, but, but I can look and I, I I look at maps every day with with work and all that stuff. I can tell you, pretty much by looking at a map, how old the timber is, what it looks like, stem count. Hey, if there's a down tree. There's a down tree. And that's that's helped me find little isolated bedding areas. Um I mean a, a timber cut's easy, pretty easy to see on a um on a map. Sure, yeah, cuts these on. Little iso- these little is yeah, these isolated pockets. I mean, you hear about deer bedding in tree tops all the time. So why not use that to you know to your advantage?
1: Matt, that spot where uh if people watched the the video, your video specifically from our our October Kentucky trip where you kind of found that little real bucky area um yeah that last night the last night that we hunted there you hunted that same area and I kind of kind of backdoored them a little bit and we ended up I ended up spooking a big buck to you or whatever the side that I was on um was exactly what we're talking about I mean on a map, it looks like big woods, beautiful, open in, in Kentucky. Usually that is the case. Um, but it wouldn't make sense for all those bucks to be held up in there if it were that way. Uh, and on the side that I was on, I mean, dude, it was nasty. You couldn't, you, I mean, everything was just blown down. Um, and it was just, it was it was on that little bit higher elevation from everything else. Um, on the backside of that kind of mountain or ridge or whatever you want to call yeah. it, uh, hill, cause it was pretty steep, you know? I mean, that's not a small yeah. hill. It's, it's pretty big, especially once you get on top of it. And so, um, that's a, that's a great point thinking about bedding. Um, and you, I believe were in the funnel of that spot. I was in the bedding area <laughs> accidentally. Yeah. Accidentally, really, in the bedding area, I was
2: I I was like hanging my last stick, and I look over in this big old buck. I got like forty yards,
1: like walking <laughs> past. Me. Like, there he goes. Yeah, and I mean, I thought I was being incredibly safe. It was like immediately once I I went from seeing no deer sign to all of a sudden there's buck sign literally on every tree, and this is October October the fourth. I yeah. think it was my was it my birthday? Maybe
2: what? Maybe it was it October was the sixth. Maybe October. Yeah, it was, I think it was. We were like six, seventh, sixth, seventh, something like that. Yeah, and so
1: you're seeing all this big buck sign, and it, and it's coming from just the fact that you know th- those blowdowns. It was just in that terrain where what you were talking about that mortality rate just a little bit lower, and they had a lot of bedding, a lot of cover in there. Um, but you can find these funnels. These are the funnels that a lot of times, no matter what you do on a map, you know, Matt, you've got. You've got a, uh, a history, a background, and a career in being able to look at a map and say what the timber is. Most guys do not have that. So a lot yeah. of it you're going to have to go in and see it and, and find these particular types of funnels out of this type of bedding area. And what I've seen, and I'm sure what you've seen, Matt, is that tends to be the places that the bigger bucks like to like to bed. And are, the, are those places like that that may not, be obvious thickets from a map perspective.
2: Yeah, it was, it's great. Uh, if, if you look at a map, look at it on winter imagery, not summertime imagery. Which almost disqualifies
1: Onyx if you live in the south.
2: Go to Google Earth.
1: Yeah. Um, I, I, I love, Cause you, you can backdate it. Yes. Yeah. Google Earth is great. You know, I'm, I'm currently my mapping software is, is for deer. Is if Onyx Hunt Stand, Spartan Forge, and Google Earth had a baby, like oh, that would be, be the perfect nice. little thing. And so I, because I use all four of them for different I need reasons. To look. I haven't
2: looked at Spartan Forge in a while. I forgot I had it.
1: It's been since deer season for me. I haven't, I haven't used it. I use um, Hunt
2: Stand for work, and I use Onyx for work, and that's, I mean. Onyx gets too cluttered too quick for me. I was gonna say, you know, we were talking about, um,
1: we were talking about uh, Jared Schaefer just a minute ago. One of the things that he was talking about, which, which is something that I do too, uh, especially in Kentucky, like where we hunted the rut in Kentucky, places that are just super monotonous, these big woods areas, which is usually going to be the the terrain type areas. They're going to be very monotonous. Uh, but he was talking about, you know, a lot of times what he does is just he turns off, turns off any type of uh, imagery and only looks at the topo line so that he can really, he can, you, you can kind of unbiased, you can unbiased find these terrain features that you might miss if you kept them up, uh, if you kept mm-hmm. the, the imagery up. And I, I remember the first time we went down there or up there, I guess, to, to Kentucky in those big woods. And, um, I mean, I'm sitting there the whole time trying to find the places that I want to go. And I started noticing all the guys, Clayton and, um, Trey and, uh, Croft and all those guys were looking at their maps without the imagery on as we're sharing waypoints and doing all that stuff. And I was like, man, I'm going to do that. And as soon as I did that, th- like the next day is when I killed that big Kentucky buck a few years ago. It was literally the day after that because I was able to pinpoint these funnels with an unbiased eye because my biased eye wants to look at, does it have all the things that I'm looking for? And if you can just kind of take away that bias, and I hate to even say that, it kind of hurts my feelings to say that because uh, we've preached so hard about vegetation, but sometimes vegetation just doesn't, I hate to even say it this way, it matters always, but... If if it's monotonous, if it's the same, it, you you have just as good a chance of just finding those terrain features because that's probably the thing that they're more leaning on, and so
2: diversity.
1: Yep, yep. It's I and huge. I think what you can do is, and what I've learned to do in these type of areas is, in my initial look is no imagery, and then once I pinpoint these these terrain. Features because that's going to be the most important thing in these places. Once I pinpoint that, then I'll turn imagery on, start looking, and say, "Okay, well that one's got this coming in really close. It's seventy-five yards away from a, a transition of some type," and and you're able to really kind of prioritize each one. And then the then the next step is, you know, going into to Google Earth Hunt Stand. Uh, usually, I'm just using Hunt Stand. I think Hunt Stand has, yeah. Um, I I really like Hunt Stand's uh, monthly maps that they do. Monthly
2: maps are sweet, yeah. So you
1: can actually see what it looks like at that time. Uh man, that is that is valuable. I love that.
2: Um, funny story, real quick on you know mapping without imagery. Uh, I I I do that if i go to a new spot i'll i'll get a basis of like what the property looks like you know but if i just want to go hey i just want to drop a couple pins that are topo specific like that's what i want to do so i got on there one day i started dropping pins i'd probably drop like 10 pins and i got out of it turned the imagery on you know where all those all those pins were roads on roads yeah Yep. Yep. <laughs> Every saddle and ridgetop has a road on it. Yep. Almost anywhere you go on public. Dude, saddles are Man, it's, it's a
1: great funnel. But crap, dude, you're exactly right. Most saddles that I find um and, and uh, what ends up happening like uh I don't know if it's ever happened with me me and you before, but when you start sharing maps with people, you start seeing the same the same pins, and they're like,
2: I really want to go look at that spot. No, it's a road. (laughs) No, when you and I, when you started talking to me about where we were going in Kentucky and I was like, well, Hey, what do you you think about this spot? What do you think of this, this spot? And even turkey hunting, dude, that's what was crazy was you're like, Oh, kind of think about going over here. I was like, that's the area, you know, general area that I was in. And it's just, it's just funny how, (laughs) yeah, you know, everybody kind of thinks that way uh, just from scouting and just like, and like you said, finding guys on the internet, just, and I think we were talking today about the polo group, how you find like-minded people. Uh, we, we may say this so much on here, but it's true, man. When you get a lot of people together that kind of think the same or wire the same as you, it it's really cool.
1: You know, Matt, that's most of the things that you and I, uh, or our circle of friends have knowledge about I, I truly feel like most of my deer hunting knowledge so like just the things that I know and that I that that I just do um it, it's all stemmed from conversations with good hunting buddies uh hardly yeah. any hardly any time have I ever had a just a like new revelation of deer hunting for myself without it being Planted by a conversation with a friend, you know what I mean. And so, yeah. um, I know that's not really we are we. This is we are putting the fun back in funnels. This does go with it the because the fun, yeah. the fun part is figuring out with your buddies that these funnel these great funnels are actually roads. <laughs> that's, that's exactly right. <laughs> We're putting God. the funny back in funnels. Um, funny, because there's there's not a whole lot that makes me feel better than. When somebody's like, I think this spot's going to be killer, and you say, There's yeah. a road there. <laughs>
2: Tell you what, you know, there, there's that guy that, you know, that everybody has you talk to, and they're like, What do you think? Oh, I've been there. I, I've seen this. You know, they've been to every pen that you, you send them, yeah. or, Oh, yeah, I, I've done that. I know what that. that's like. You know, that's kind of like you want him to be your friend at that point because you want to know if you're walking to a road or not. <laughs>
1: yeah, that's right. Well, Matt, dude, I'm I'm getting uh I'm getting pretty tired, pretty pretty tired of um. That's not the right way to say it. I I am ready to think about deer, like I'm ready to get going on this. I'm ready to start shooting a bow. I'm ready to start doing all that kind of stuff. I'm tired of not thinking about deer. It's a weird it's a weird transition. That happens. It has to happen every single year, and I'm in the middle of it right now, and it it's like you want to let go, of, you, you don't want to let go, but you
2: really want to start planning
1: and looking forward. And so I'm right there, dude. Yeah, I'm just right there. Yeah, it's
2: well, we got a lot of things to look forward to this year. You've got you know big stuff going on. I'll I'll be around here doing some some stuff and traveling a little bit, but uh, we got we've got a lot of stuff we've been holding back from folks for last year yeah um, so we, we you know YouTube been pretty was pretty quiet last year after November didn't really put anything on there really you know put a little, couple turkey videos on but we've we've been saving some footage uh, that we're going to start releasing you know it, it's May right now maybe maybe later on in the summer start releasing it um, I've got a couple videos I'm wanting to get out to y'all throughout the summer so YouTube's is about to ramp back up. We're about to get in full swing for deer season and man, we are pumped. Yeah.
1: And you know, that was one of the hardest things for me to to decide to do. Um was to to save everything, but I think it I think it's going to be really really fun. It was great for me this turkey season being able to focus on hunting turkeys and not trying to edit yeah. videos and I know it sucks for people who like to watch them, but it's just one year sacrifice of of not putting anything out and then next year hopefully it's going to be you know we'll be grinding away just the same but being able to post these videos we've got a, a bunch of great videos from uh from deer season i didn't i don't think i put out anything after the kentucky video so
2: yeah i flopped
1: look for y- y'all have got a lot to look forward to if you if you like the things that we do if you like our our video stuff you know and wondering where it went um, it's not because we've given up on video i've got i've got a uh, i've got a hard drive an external hard drive full of like literally full it's a 1 terabyte hard drive and it's full of last year's stuff <laughs> last year's deer stuff yeah. um, so so i you know it's coming we'll get it we'll get to it other than that, dude, you got any? Uh, you got anything you want to close us out with? Any thoughts or concerns, Matt Reeves?
2: No, man. I think we made funnels fun again, and yeah. we're good. You know, we're gonna keep making deer hunting fun because <laughs> it's hard not to have fun deer hunting.
1: It, it's hard not to have fun deer hunting unless you suck at it. <laughs> if you suck at it, it would not be fun.
2: <laughs> That's another conversation. Another conversation
1: for another day. We'll talk to you guys next week. Hey guys, thanks for listening to this week's episode of the Southern Ground Hunting Podcast. You can keep up with Southern Ground Hunting by following us on Facebook or Instagram or subscribing to the YouTube channel. And you can be sure to check us out at southerngroundhunting.com to pick up some of our merch, read some blog articles, and all that good stuff. I truly hope you enjoyed this week's episode, and we'll see you here again next week. Remember that God gave you dominion over the birds of the air, the fish of the sea, and the beasts of the earth. So go out and exercise that dominion. We will talk to you next week.